Daniel, one of those special European nights at Old Trafford, last minute winner under yes. the floodlights. Just the, and yet never to be sneezed at. No, I know. It's it's easy to be cynical, isn't it? Because United very, very nearly blew this one. I mean, does it really matter? I don't know. I guess it does in terms of the group. But I think, yeah, it does matter yeah. a bit. Like, you don't really want those two extra matches against no. Barcelona. Yes, it's inevitable. There was isn't a it? point where it looked like it might be Liverpool. That seems unlikely now, <laughs> but... You don't like those two extra games. Yeah, you don't. You don't need those. And they would happen in February to. as well. And uh, yeah, like hellish schedule going to be after the World Cup. So yeah, if United can avoid it, that's good. And yeah, I mean, I mean, they could have done with a few goals, but it does sort. Even though they won one nil tonight, it does seem unlikely that they'll go to Sociedad and win one nil. Right. As in, yeah. like they might beat them, but if you gave me a choice of kind of one goal victories. One nil would definitely be one of the, not be the not be the one I go for first. Even though what's he? Do you remember what is it head to head? And so it's head to head. So I get I'm, and I'm, then I'm goal assuming, difference is a decider I'm, after that. Yeah, like oh. goal difference and goal scored. So, hmm. but then head to head, like you would win head to head if you beat them two one, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And although and they've got a better goal difference in the group. Yeah. I mean, oh, well, we've always they, got they, Sheriff they, at Old they, Trafford. They, to they the played quite sixth. well against. They played quite well against us at Old Trafford. We played dreadfully, and yes. half, and most of the first team didn't play, and they still right. needed one of the most ludicrous penalties you've ever seen to be us. That's so, right. That's right. Ammonia tonight. God, weird, weird game, wasn't it? Because United had seventy something percent possession and well over 20 shots and at one point United had created seven big chances which I think in the Opta stats means like a very clear-cut chance and missed seven big chances which is quite special and ended up with over four <laughs> xg but, uh, but yeah I, I think I mean Ten Hag I thought was actually quite interesting on the ludicrous profligacy afterwards where he said he wasn't that bothered because we make chances in every game we score in every game and yeah, that's sort of true, but at sort the same true, time, yeah. it's sort of not true that not having not not being re- not having any reliable goal scorers will cost you over the course of a season. It will. Yeah, it cost it cost Ole in that Sevilla game. Where yeah, yeah, the first uh, the first half first forty five minutes to hour of that was some of the best United played under Fergie, a low bar, but they just didn't have a killer mm-hmm. and. And it, well, it's true tonight as well. I mean, I wouldn't put all the blame on Ronaldo, but seven shots tonight and two on target. You know, so, he's, yeah, I wouldn't. He, I mean, but he didn't. Have it's not just job. him. Definitely, he didn't. He, it's it's him in the. He limits the way the team can play. Yeah, but he didn't have the big chances tonight. Rashford no. did. Yes, and uh, he assiduously missed them. What I loved yes. about that one in the second half was he was so precise in the way he guided it past the post. He got like his body shape. He got abs. Perfect first touch, body shape, absolutely beautiful, beautiful yep. connection, and yep. really quite a long way wide. <laughs> there, was that the one where United you know, got a corner? I'm they got a corner, now. yeah. Yeah, where it definitely wasn't a corner, yeah. The ref didn't believe that he could miss it by that much. I mean, I thought <laughs> so, Anthony, Anthony also, that was a big chance, the Anthony one. Yes. Where he opened his body in the way we've seen him do, yes. but took yeah. a touch. And... Yeah. Yeah, Scott McTominay shooting miles over the bar near the end. (laughs) Of course, I got straight on Twitter to slag him off and 30 seconds later he actually puts it in. 
like it didn't seem like he could have got the ball that high. That high from that from uh, that steep an angle of elevation from the angle he was at. Like it, it was obviously a bit further away, but like Waddle's penalty. Yeah, there aren't many I can think of. Where <laughs> Still in orbit. The angle of elevation is. It's not just how high they go over the bar; it's how quickly they get the, how they get that high. It's the angle of elevation. You need, a, yeah. I mean, long time since I've rugby said league that. World Cups final is going to be played at Old Trafford, isn't it? In November, while a certain other World Cup is going on, that will fit in quite well. Cut the pitch up for us. <laughs> oh God, they absolutely destroy it, aren't they? There was a time when Old Trafford was an absolute mud bath. These days, they they actually managed to have some drainage, and we the, grand, the grand team have won the Groundsman of the Year two years in a row. It was, it was one amazing. of the many. Yeah, yeah, it was one one of the many things we blamed in 91-92 was the state of the pitch through the winter right. and right. would stop them stop them playing the kind of football they wanted to play the thing is it's one of those things that there is some truth in that but you should never say it because you just <laughs> that is, sounds ridiculous you, you yeah just, you, just, you just can't yeah. do it well, well they spend a lot of money said. on drainage and and stuff over the years and also it's part, partially synthetic isn't it so there's a lot of fake grass in there. It's yeah, Hel- helps with the Manchester winter, I suppose. I mean, I, I can really blame the pitch tonight for United throwing away twenty odd chances. No, but it was the pitch uh, but, that enabled them to keep going, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think... some some credit to the Ammonia keeper, who's their third choice, by the way. He didn't even come on. Ammonia keeper got injured last week, and the second choice came on, and this guy's the third choice. So I'm, I'm not quite sure how that happened, but he had a decent game, made pulls, pulled off some important saves. Uh, and I yeah. suppose you, if you're one of the 5,000 Ammonia fans that have made the trek over, you'd be gutted about um, holding out oh, for man, 93 minutes or whatever. Some glorious shots of their end at the end now. Beautiful. But I thought that, yeah, he made most of the saves he made, of saves you would expect him to make. I guess the one from Rashford, although the first one, the first half, that was one of the best chances I thought was a poor finish, but he made it so that Rashford had to do something to beat him. And Rashford just thought he needed to hit on target and score and the keeper made that not the case. But yeah, I tell Robbie Savage had said on telly that it was the greatest night in the Monia's history. And I, I couldn't tell you whether that's true or not. Uh, it sounded a bit weird to me. Have they, have they any, had any famous wins in Europe? They, I mean, they've no, won league no, titles, but they right? have so... won about a billion league titles. Yeah. About <laughs> twenty-one, actually. Which yeah. is yeah, a number that we don't have. Um, no, yeah, they have. They've won. They have won twenty-one league titles. Yeah, so I don't know. That's... But then, but then Neil Lennon said it as well. He's the manager. I think there's a, a bit of what, what's the right word for this? Xenophobia? Is it? No, it's not really xenophobia. Just, it's like, like it wasn't it's even patronising because it's Cypriot football, right? Yeah, like a point against United is that better than losing ten nil to Ajax in nineteen seventy nine eighty? I don't know. Wow. At least that was in the second round. Coming up with all the stats there of the four nil and nine nil to Bayern in seventy two seventy three. And actually, yeah, that yeah, that was a decent buying team. So maybe that's a better result than these losing one nil to this bunch of Browns. They they had they managed one shot on target. Ammonia did, and I think that was the one from about the halfway line, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they yeah. did have a proper good chance to score when Bruno. We got lucky when Bruno went down the left, and like you so like Lindelof just chugging along behind him, like not not even in the slipstream. And he decided to toe poke it wide, high and wide, instead of crossing the bloke in the middle who Martinez had lost. Yes, that was that was a good chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
that was I was kind of there was a point during the game, probably a bit before half time and a bit after, where I was sort of mentally prepared for that dreadful fucking silence you get when an away team scores in Europe. There's not that many yeah. fans and like there's just that moment where the ground yeah. is, is no, quiet. I, I, I know the sinking feeling. Yeah, many, many, many a time before United had any success in Europe. I, mean, I guess well, there were four thousand least... of them. They made a row, but I don't know why it's like that in European games. But it feels like it always is. It's that it is nineteen ninety seven Borussia Dortmund at Old Trafford. It's, Monaco, uh, Monaco, Juventus, the uh, Bruce... goal. Yeah, some but also there's sickeners over time. There's something about when when, when English teams score, everyone goes yeah. And when a Spanish team score and various, they go, goal! And it just sounds so much better. It, <laughs> yeah. The first time I ever went to the Bernabeu was with some Real Madrid fans. And yeah, the thing that struck me was the difference in the noise. Kind of whoosh. I, I don't know how to explain it. It just it sounded and felt different. Um, it's, like which was... it's a much more aggressive and kind of haunting sound than, yeah, than yes. It's just not, it's not good it's not aggressive enough like <laughs> affirmation should be aggressive <laughs> i i think it deserves a ten thousand word think piece on the sound that fans make when you score a goal there you go. <laughs> pitch it to the athletic <laughs> i mean is there anything we can learn from this game at all anything i mean like yes, we've had a, yes. we have three wins in a row now after I, I tell you what i think getting smashed by city is that they ran out of ideas and maybe they ran out a bit of puff, but they didn't panic. Yeah, they that's did true. Keep, they did keep trying to play football. They weren't that good at doing it. From about 70, 70, 75 minutes onwards, they created more or less fuck all. But yeah, and but the and also the subs again. Part of it is he's got the ability. He's got a stronger squad probably yeah. than any post yeah. Fergie managers had at this point, and because he's got the good players that have sort of been accumulated over the years. There also have been some all right ones. There are some. Still there. Not, not, yeah, and yeah. then he's added some all right players and he's now actually got options. So I don't know. Like It seemed like Sancho to me played with far greater dynamism it was positive, seen, yeah. than we'd seen previously. And the way he made the goal was incredible. Great composure, and that's we know he brings that. I mean, there was a, there was some interesting data I saw on Sancho. He's he's getting something like forty to forty five percent fewer touches per game than he got on average at Borussia Dortmund. So it's not just him, and and he's been no no for United. It's, it's like the, the team, team as well. Yeah. It's the team, but that's one thing. But then if you're not getting that attacking output for that reason, we shouldn't forget that you're there. Yeah, and this was something. I mean, this was something that was served Mkhitaryan as well. If he didn't do the things that he that he can do, then it's like playing with ten. Yeah, and I, and whereas I don't think that's so with Rashford. Right, like, right, right, has right. Been, it was like how it been last season. Where well, I, was actually I like, mean, they were playing with twelve. <laughs> we were... <laughs> the thing with Rashford, when he's bad, he does look really bad. But he he at least put generally has he's, the effort he's as well. There's he's a defensive side. He's, he's, yeah, yeah. And he's putting he's putting runs in behind. He's making the defenders yeah. do do a little do a little bit more and work a bit harder. And he's also he's quite good at finding goals. And Sancho, I thought, play yeah, he's not been. You shouldn't forget about him when he's playing because he should be putting in a shift. Yeah. And no, he wasn't. I, I agree. Yeah. He, he, he often feels better. like he's, yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't feel like a very proactive player, does he sometimes? He and, yeah. and he doesn't assert himself yeah. physically. And yeah. that's not necessary. Like, he's quite a unit, Sancho. Like, he's not, because he generally sort of associates players who play like he does as being quite 
small and slight almost because a nippy, but he's not, but he's quite mm-hmm. a big unit and there's no reason why he shouldn't be bigger and why he shouldn't be sprinting more. I don't think. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, these, yeah, don't do something to get in the, stop the opposition from doing their thing. If you're not playing well. And also Shaw is another one who he totally has it physically. Yep. And doesn't use it. It seems like it's once yeah. again, taken losing his place to yeah. make him try and play well. Yeah, the interesting thing with, with Shaw is, like, I think he's a, we'll, we'll see where Molassi gets with his career, but Shaw is a more complete package. If he doesn't switch off defensively, which we know he does, and he wants to put the the, the work rate in, which he doesn't always do, and he's <laughs> and he's focused, which he isn't always, as we know. Yeah, I mean, I think he's dropped some of the entourage, which was a problem earlier in his time at United. He had, I mean, there were too many too many people telling me t- telling me that that he had that was part of the the problem, the lack of focus. I think um, the thing so. with Shaw, and I think this about Martial as well, is that not they were all they were both probably the best player or among the best players at every level growing up. Right, and he just kept stepping up and stepping up and thinking, yeah, this is all right. I don't have a problem with this at all. But all, always felt they were going to make it. Were never one of the kids in the intake of wherever it was who thought that they were going to get kicked out. Yeah, and he also probably wasn't was like he was Southampton as well. He didn't learn didn't learn to compete. Yeah, but he didn't learn to compete in the way that like, Eric Harrison had the class of ninety two, like playing small sided games where they get yeah. score with a header. Yeah. Think about like how physical that's getting <laughs> <laughs> when when that's the case. When you've got these already driven people, it's like how people train like fighting dogs and shit, like making them <laughs> bang them against each other. And like it's literally that. Yeah, he didn't have that growing up. And as I said, was always good. Got a move to a big club very early for a ridiculous amount of money. Oh, this is mm. all right. Then all of a sudden he's got some adversity and he yeah he just doesn't have that devil but does obviously want to play for United because every time he, he needs to play for it he actually he, he is capable and what he's got the Manassi doesn't have is he already has the relationship with Rashford mm-hmm. so that's helpful because I, I I'm sure probably that I'm I'm pretty sure that Ten Hag thought that that left flank was going to be Malasia yeah and Sancho and it isn't and it's the two kind of better more physical athletes because. That is very helpful when there's not much yeah. between the players. And what Shaw has also is he can drive forward with the ball, and Malassia can't really do that at the moment. Or has it doesn't seem to, to yeah. You know, Malassia's interesting because he, he comes inside a lot. He finds himself in sort of half spaces in inside, and you kind of like, well, that's, that looks like he should play for Pep Guardiola rather than United. But, yeah, very two very different styles. Well, that's back. the way, because the way that he's being told to play by Ten Huff is that. Yeah. And we don't quite, we don't have the players for that. Yeah. If I'm honest, like, it's sounds ridiculous. If you're giving me a choice, I'd pr- rather watch a power team that is as good as a Guardiola team than a Guardiola team. Because, yeah, I want some attitude. Yeah. I mean, the interesting thing with Sancho, because Sancho wants to come inside all the time. He wants the ball. He's like a secondary number 10. He, yeah, he benefits he a lot from that. someone going outside of him. I think Sancho could probably play as a number 10, actually. Yeah, I think, I'm sure he could. I'm sure he could. And he he did, he played not not many games for Dortmund there, but a few. But but he just, he is, and he uses space well, as we saw with the setting up tonight's goal he's he understood what was going on he doesn't panic in precious situations like that so it was a really uh, but, good finish as well 
From from McSaw. Lucky T, yeah. Scottish player, Mark Two. If I was, if I ever, I mean, I, this one, <laughs> I bounce out, yeah. If I ever start, if I ever become a rapper, <laughs> I'll yeah. be MC Tom. I'm looking now, forward to my, that. You have my word on that. Yeah, Brixton Academy. So I'm looking forward to the first session. Yeah, you you got to start off with the rap battles. I've I've seen Eight Mile. That's how that's how it works. That's how you build your career. Yeah, so, yeah. No. I'm on that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, he, I mean, the touch was great. But what I also really liked was it didn't just get the ball out of his feet, but it felt like he then waited another split second to see where the keeper was going to be, and so the ball was in a perfect position. And he knew, even like in the maelstrom of that moment, that he had that time to get his finish in the way that he wanted to, which, I mean, he's, he's quite good in front of the goal. We don't get him in positions very often. I mean, he scored double figures at Dortmund three years in a row. He's, uh, I was he's talking a... about McTominay there. That was that oh, story. McTominay. Sorry. I said, yeah. <laughs> he's got it. I mean, he got a few goals last season, McTominay, and he can shoot despite that one that hit the stratosphere today. We know he can score some goals from distance and he often looks better when he's pushing forward than he actually being reminds a defensive me of that shot. player. Yeah, that <laughs> shot that... It reminded me of there was a player who played for Swansea in QPR in the early to mid 80s called Robbie James. He also played for Wales because I had a mate at school with a QPR season ticket who used to brag of Robbie James' ability to whack the ball onto the roof of the stand. Like this was a good quality that he had. Great. <laughs> in that Guinness, with that one, one of the great kits, the one that with the mid 80s, sort of 85 kit sponsored yeah. by Guinness. Nice. A, a real, a, a, an all time classic, I would say. I was I was just having a chat with a friend at the weekend about no, kids. Yeah, I was. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a friend yeah. <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> I know. I'm shaking up here. I mean, I, uh, got one off yeah, me. emotional. It was. Yeah, uh, about kids because I've got quite a lot, and uh, I've ordered a few for the World Cup. <laughs> so, what have you got? Well, I've got an Argentina kit. I don't know why, just because you know it's all right. And I've got the Denmark third kit. I, I do think this is the kind of it's it's on the verge of of virtue signalling, the blacked out one to protest a bit against the World Cup. I just like it because it's blacked out. It's got to be done. Yeah, it's like it, uh, this is a, this is a tangent, but we like to do that on this show. The, the announcement that Harry Kane will be wearing a One Love rainbow armband throughout the World Cup, whether FIFA like it or not, and the bucket hat. <laughs> I, I just, I'm like, is, is, this is like how, like, this is the most we're going to do, right? For the thousands of people that have probably lost their lives building this fucking World Cup, we're going to wear a one love armband. So, can yeah, help I, feel cynical about that. It's, yeah. I mean, everything, I guess ultimately everything counts, but at the same time, it seems like nothing counts. Because why Why does it count? What is the World Cup still going ahead? Still going what ahead. Is, yeah, What's no, I, I almost got to the point where I thought, well, you know what? This is actually worse than doing nothing because we're now going to have the image on TV of Qatar World Cup, a bunch of their regime there. And look how inclusive we are. We're even allowing Harry Kane <laughs> to wear a rainbow flag. <laughs> but because we always hear it's sports washing, right? And I've been kind of increasingly thinking, is it really about that? Because you could argue that by making themselves more known, they've become actually more people have become aware of the horrors that go on. That's definitely so of me. Like I'm ashamed to admit that when, when city bought, when city got bought, I was bitching in about, about yeah. anti, about being anti-competitive. Yep. Yeah. I was always, I had no problem with the salary cap or wages cap. It's not just an old money. Sh- old money is the only good money situation. It's not what I'm saying at all. I was saying that you shouldn't be able to take a club from there 
to the top like yeah. that. Like it's meant to yeah, be yeah. like an activity. That's meant to be, I think they call it sport. Yeah. Um, I, but I didn't know that actually what was really going on. So you could run the line that actually it's not that, is it? But then increasingly I'm sort of thinking it's just a business thing, really. It's to it's rather than to make people think that these are nice people or all the reputations or whatever, is it seems like it's more about commercial opportunities to entrench power. Yeah, well, the soft the soft power thing, I mean, and I think we can right. we can hold more than one thought in our heads here, and and so there, there is a soft power aspect to it. There is a there is a there is a PR aspect to it because this is the opportunity for the world to come, including a whole bunch of powerful dignitaries to come to Qatar and and but, uh, but why and make the relationship make the relationships. Qatar has, right, exactly. a, has to find its role saying. in the world post oil post carbon. So yeah, like yeah. The, mon- the money that will entrench power. Yep. rather than dickheads like me and you going this is dreadful yeah because, well and we 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 and yeah or me anyway like, their involvement in football has made me know much more about them than i did before which is bad well that's true but but remember that we we are both engaged in this to an extent that's greater than than most most people right most people don't bother engaging in the news you're going to watch the football yeah no i mean it's it's true though but and and it's part of the reason why the the pushback to any of the criticism of the regime is going to be things like i don't mix mix sport and football this is doing the world cup a disservice to bring this up right now and it's an easy pushback and it will be repeated verbatim by by most of the world's major press and tv outlets so Anyway, I, I'm deeply cynical about this, and I'm not quite sure how, how we got onto the topic, but it kind of annoyed me this week because uh, I know I know the game. Something else about Qatar that I think about often is that it seems to be more about money than about PR and reputation laundering. Increasingly, I think it's more about money making. That's that's. Mm. You know who we got at the weekend, don't you? Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, Saudi FC, going to be lovely. Really looking forward to this one. Have Before to say that. The... Did you see? By the way, did you see it just on my mind? Did you see Tenas' uh, pre-match interview? I did not. So the guy on B, you can find it on my Twitter, but because I had to actually then return and film it because I felt like this deserves the widest possible audience to love shit like this because I'm a nerd. But whatever. Ten Tenhak, he he says to a question to tell something like. Do you think it would be good, basically, if your team didn't didn't give the opposition a goal next week, this week or something? And Tenaf replies say, saying, "You've answered your own question." Also, we you know the answer <laughs> yeah. to the question, basically. <laughs> and it's just like because it's when they set up; it's not even an open-ended question. It's like in the wording of the question, they set up the answer. And like, well, yeah, answer is often yes or no, but they don't want yes. you to say yes or no. It's like it's a very peculiar formulation. That you see it, I saw it quite a lot when I'd covered a couple of test matches in the 2013 Ashes. And, and you could see in the press conferences, people be asking questions that weren't actually really requests for information. They were to con someone into saying something that you wanted yeah. that would be a leading question that either you or your editor wanted. But it would be much more torturous than that. It's not even like where you're trying, it's not yet, yeah, it's much more. And then if one of them, if one of them tried it and they'd got battered away, someone on the other side of the room would have a yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. It would just be like, and cricket in particular, it was annoying because there's so much about cricket that as a punter, you don't know. 
Yeah. And so many things that these people could tell you, like you're talking to like Alistair Cook or whatever, and they're trying to get Alistair Cook to say what they want rather yeah. than asking Alistair Cook to tell us loads of shit. Tell us about test cricket because you know what? He might know a bit about it. Yeah, that's right. And, funny, uh, and then at the end of that, one of those press KP plays, makes this century. This is obviously nothing to do with United, but anyway. KP makes a century at the, uh, the Old Trafford on, on the Saturday to basically save the, save the test match, secure the ashes, and then comes and gives the most southern press conference you've ever seen, like on purpose. It's just answering questions like this. And then at the end, a reporter from, I'm not, I, I think a now defunct tabloid was ranting about this. And so was someone from a broadsheet called him a cunt. So I said, did you enjoy that century you scored in the middle that basically saved the test match and secured the ashes for England? Yes. So which do you think, it, Eliza, which do you th- what do you think his job is, doing that or talking to us? And one of them, the guy for the broadsheet guy replied with, they're both equally important. <laughs> and I just, like, every not that point, I just, like, I, that, I put my yeah. hands in my hands. Like, I, I just... Yeah, gone up your own backside there, haven't you, mate? Yeah, Ten Hag never does that, by the way. I mean, he is perfunctory, but he's yeah. uh, but he yeah. gives he gives he gives good answers. He doesn't. Yeah. He, he doesn't. He won't always tell you everything that he's thinking, but no. he doesn't give you platitudes. I find. Yeah, I, always I, th- say, I think that's right. Yeah. He always say something. What do you think he'd be saying after this weekend's beautiful game against Human Rights FC two? So. I would say against almost any team in the league, if United play well, they'll win. And it's been like that for two years. They did play very well very often for all of the, the previous season, but they are like they've got good players. And when they play well, they're a hard team to live with. They've got nasty attackers, loads, quite a few of them now. And I hope that Varane and then I, I, I don't know if you would drop because if you would drop Lindelof for Varane at this point, I, I, I definitely would. But just the side and chugging yeah. along when they should have scored in the first half was enough for me to remind myself of. I, don't I think mind. I think he's just being careful with Varane. I mean, he's been on the bench for the last two games. He's obvious. He's obviously but, but fit the enough. The team's been winning without him, and the sort of way he's been going about stuff has been not dropping people who are doing all right for someone who he knows to be a better player. Yeah, I mean, interesting against Newcastle. I mean, they won. What was it five one at the weekend, wasn't it? And they've they've been. I don't. I can't even remember where they are in the Premier League at the moment. But, They're about uh, sixth, I think. Yeah, well, I'm hoping the reporters ask Eddie Howe more questions along the lines of Eddie, tell us why you're so wonderful. <laughs> the only question he's prepared to answer. Yeah, he, I mean, talking I mean, sport they, washing they got, and all that. They've got good players in Newcastle. They played really well against City. They played really well against Arsenal last season, although Arsenal had gone by then. And uh, they're difficult. I mean, they've scored nine goals in their past two games. I mean, this is that give you some confidence. I mean, obviously, red card against Fulham helped somewhat with the late goals there. But if we, play, Brentford if, we play the weekend. Well, if we play well, we'll win. But if they play well, it will be a really hard game. Yeah, I mean, we've had some interesting ties against Newcastle over the years. <laughs> like, I mean, it's been a long time since they were actually good, well preceding the. Well, Mike they weren't. Ashley they weren't era, good. They so. weren't good for very long. They had that one good they season under Bobby Robson, oh two, oh three, and then yeah, and obviously then Keegan, the, yeah. The Keegan season. But and they were quite good the season, the first season they came up. Andy Cole, Beardsley, yeah, were, were, were really good. Yeah, until we stole Cole off them. 
Yeah, I mean, it's because it's like there are one club city, passionate fans. They turn up. They have a great supporter base. The, and the, the grounds, ground is, the, grounds the great, great, right place. by the yeah, great, right in the center of town, and it's completely unique that way. Great place to go to as an away fan, apart from um, the away end. Yeah, are you now downstairs in Newcastle? I mean, I don't. I know the I, game is I, I don't know, traffic, ages but, since I've been there because they changed the rules. No, they changed the rules recent. They changed the rules so that you have to you have to have uh, away fans on the in a lower tier. You right. can't just cut them off to the middle of nowhere. I was talking about the Burner Bay earlier, and they do the same at Camp Nou as well. And there's not a traditional away fans really in Spain, and so there'll be a couple of hundred, and they'll stick them up right at the top of the third tier, so you can't hear Barcelona do them. it. I, I, yeah, I yeah. promised myself after the last Barcelona in 08 that I would not do that again. And I'd just yeah. sit in there and because you can Because you can't see there. a fucking thing you any miles away from anything. Yeah, take yeah. a drink in, get out at a normal time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I did it in Madrid when Welbeck scored. But Newcastle away in one time, I got to the top after a refreshing afternoon. And so I said, I fucking hate this ground or something. It's like... Like I can't remember some comment about the ground, and Stuart put me up against the wall. Fucking hell! Yeah. yeah. And the problem was, was like ordinarily that would not have been the end of the conversation, but I was not eager for anyone to rummage in my pockets, basically. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, that... I, I started the point by trying to say you'd uh, one would normally go, okay, this is a proper football club. But of course, now that's all gone. You know, I, they're not a proper football I, club anymore. Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? That they would, if, if, if similar had or did buy United, then United would suddenly become the best club in the world and the best team in the world and start winning things all the time, yep. probably. Yep. But I still prefer the Glazers. I prefer losing with the Glazers to that. Like yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. Where it comes from. And the thing is, is they wouldn't even it wouldn't even have to be like that because they wouldn't have to put money in. You know, all United needs to be able to compete at the top level is to be able to spend its own money. So it wouldn't necessarily yep. even be with blood money. But at the same time, I, yeah, at the same time, I can't have the money in the club. Look, I totally agree with you. There, there was a story actually in The Athletic. I think we basically knew this, that the Glazers had offered a fairly substantial chunk of United PIF, the Saudi National Sovereign Wealth Fund, for some, some, some something like $700 million worth of, of United, a 30% share or something like that. And, and the Saudis decided not to do it, presumably because if they're going to buy a club, they want to own the thing outright and be able to control it so but it tells you something like the glazers are in the market despite jim ratcliffe saying this week that they're not in the market at some point they will be in the market because they've got they want to liquidate them, their asset if someone offered them enough money they'd sell i can't be like of course i mean of course i can't yeah. imagine their shopping malls are doing that much for them these days i i very much doubt so given the state of inflation and interest rates in the u.s at the moment so yeah and and look it's they take five billion tomorrow I would say, be a substantial profit for them to take away and go and spend on whatever they like spending. So, one day, but not a odious regime, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, such, we're funny than like, that is quite a significant ask because yeah. there just aren't that many non-odious regimes that have the money to buy United. Or, or would like to invest in something that has almost no guarantee of a return. 
if you look at United's financial performance, even if you improved it significantly through yeah, but it's, yeah, it's better if the periphery. It's the peripheral. There's thing, not a lot of marginal. It's the, yeah. But it's the peripheral money that being only United would then enable you to have extend fingers into other pies, essentially. All right. Well, I'll speak soon. I think you're off this weekend, aren't you? Another holiday. Always on holiday, Dan. Enjoy it. And uh, maybe enjoy United victory. <laughs> exactly. Shout out to everyone, as we say. <laughs> and a good one. All right, Sarah.